return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Bibles here just for a minute. Say with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. So... Each week, we also hand out uh, things we call it the church around the world. You get it each week, uh, you know, as well as focus on the family. I don't know how many people read them and so forth, but what we're trying to do is keep people aware of things that are happening around the world. Americans, by and large, know nothing about the world. They don't care about the world. That's just the way it is. The news media doesn't report on the world. People don't... Uh, people don't uh, try to get information about the world, but it's very, very sad, you know, the things that are taking place. Uh, the August Church Around the World says half, half of the world's population is in persecution. That's close to 4 billion people that live in persecuted places uh, around the world. Ugandan mother became a Christian. Islamic or Muslim husband stabbed her and so forth. China is trying to stamp out Christians uh, as much as they can, <laughs> so forth, to, to keep people away from Jesus Christ. European countries are clamping down on Christianity, outlawing Christianity. A uh, pastor in Uganda uh, was leading Muslims to Christ, so they killed him, and uh, so that he could no longer be a voice. It doesn't stop the Holy Spirit, does it? It doesn't stop the Holy Spirit. Algeria, they closed churches. Algeria is North Africa. Closed churches, closed Christian bookstores, burned books to make sure there's no Christian literature allowed and so forth. Uh, Finland is prosecuting Christians. Norwegian country, Lutheran country, prosecuting Christians and so forth so they cannot practice their Christianity. Uh, uh, Chinese, of course, are adopting policies all the time to squash Christianity. Uh, you have to start to th think about it. If you're, if you're, the only church allowed in China is the government church. The government church has the picture of their leader, you know, the chairman right there. So, so you have to see, be like having the leader's picture behind me and all that. You can, have, you can throw up pictures. That, folks, it shouldn't bother your worship, though, right? <laughs> so they're continuing on to worship Jesus. Amen. In Nigeria, 1,400 Christians have been killed in the last few months. Uh, in Nigeria alone, uh, many people have died around the world and other countries. India still suffering great hardship, especially North India, but in South India where we've been, tremendous persecution. Churches have been burned. Pastors have been hung. Uh, Hindu mobs beat people. 
Uh, the police do not prosecute because they're Hindus. So there's no repercussions for bad behavior against Christians. This is the world which we live in. In Canada, of course, there's persecution taking place there as well in various forms. The United States kind of is in a bubble in a lot of ways. Interesting enough, uh, uh, I was visiting with somebody the other day. In Revelation 16, it talks about a vial poured out on the Euphrates River going dry. The Euphrates River is a Middle East river. comes down from Turkey and uh, Syria and Iraq and so forth. If you Google Euphrates River, river you'll find out it's going dry. Euphrates River going dry. And so what they used to use for crops and water and so forth is not there. Bone dry. You can, you can look at uh, YouTubes on it and so forth. Uh, but this is happening today. Uh, last week we talked about uh, some of the persecution of the Christian church. And the fact, the fact of the matter is, of course, if you read your Bible in context, you're going to see that uh, we, we see this New Testament from Jesus' time and onward, there's persecution of Christians, people that proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. And, and um, it, this is one of the things that's just part of our lives in these last days. Is If we understand it, then if it happens, we shouldn't be surprised by it. Amen? When the Bible incidentally always refers, several times we refer to the sufferings of Christ. Well, how did Jesus suffer? He never suffered physical like sickness or disease, did he? The sufferings of Christ are never equated with sickness, disease, anything like that. They're always equated with persecution, all right? How you're treated because you are a Christian, not because of some other affliction and stuff. And many times, you know, so many people, especially in the United States, because they don't have much persecution, oh, I'm suffering for Jesus, I got the flu or I got cancer or whatever. No, no, it has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with those things, always in relationship to Jesus Christ, that sort of suffering. So today, what, this is very important. We'll, we'll talk about this some today, but I want to talk about responses to persecution. When do you train for an event? When, is, when do you train for a game or something before it happens, right? So you train yourself, you prepare yourself ahead of time. So that when things take place, you're ready to meet that particular obstacle or things that take place. Now, Psalm 34 is a classic, of course. But David, this is, this is Old Testament. We're going to go to New Testament in just a little bit. But this is David's response. So David was anointed to be the next king of Israel. And yet he ran for his life for many years from Saul, who was the king. But Saul had been rejected because of his disobedience to God. So David, this is David's response. He says, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. Now, as David's in the cave of Adullam, he's running for his life. There's other men, the Bible would refer to in Samuel's 400 other men who were broke, who were in discontent, uh, who were bitter and so forth like that. And so here's David. He says, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So first of all, we see this blessing happens at all times. I'm losing my pointer here. All times, and his praise shall continually, all the time, be in... Now, David says, my mouth. Turn to your neighbor and say, your mouth. <laughs> your mouth has to be used for Jesus. So, you can... You can uh, it's not something you think about. It's something you do. It's something you practice. You're, the praises of God are in your mouth, all right? 
And so David says, my soul's going to make, make its boast in the Lord. The humble share of, shall hear thereof and be glad. Not everybody's going to be glad, but there are going to be people that are open that will hear that might see your life or see your situation and not have pity for you, but realize, man, look at their life for Jesus. Look at what they're doing. So at all times, I'm going to bless the Lord. Now, most people can do that when it's Christmas, <laughs> when it's their birthday, when they get something, all right, when they, when they have plenty of food, whatever. But we're talking about the hard times. Say hard times. When things don't go your way, when you don't have what you might need. So in those seasons, he says, I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to keep praising him. I'm going to boast in the Lord. And then he says, magnify the Lord with me. Verse 3. Here's this word, magnify. So you magnify the Lord with, David saying, with me, like other people are watching him. And he's just saying, hey, I want you, I want you to do what I'm doing. Amen? It's not, it's not good enough to watch. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing today, and let's 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 bring it down to American churches. In American churches, there's lots of places they have worship teams and so forth, and things can be going, and they can have lights, they can have smoke, they can have all that. And and much of the time, when I'm in those settings, I'll watch people, and people are like this. And of course, the the cool thing is you dim the lights, so the lights are dim, so nobody sees you. And most people are like this, so they're not worshiping. They're at a concert. They're hearing Christian music, but not entering into the spirit. Big difference. Big difference, folks. Incidentally, we're children of the light. So we don't live in darkness. We live in the light, right? So, so, so worship is something that we practice now. You know, where we lift our hands, we exalt the Lord, we're free in the Spirit. And I'll say again, if you can't do that here, you'll never do that in jail. You'd never do that in the emergency room or any other place. I was in intensive care the other day, praying, praying, praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, speaking the Word of God, nurses around, people doing things and so forth. Hey, we have to release the power of God. Amen. You release the power of God, and supernatural things did happen in that setting. So, so you release the power of God. Amen. And so you practice things now. Right. Amen? You practice things now. You get ready for things now. I thought it was interesting. Uh, we just talked last week about, of course, preparation and so forth. But then I saw on TV, so there was a big game last week in Sioux Falls between two undefeated teams, Harrisburg and Brandon Valley. And so what Harrisburg was going to the other place, these are, you know, these are still small schools comparatively, not like big time football in some states, but, but just the same, they were blaring things out in the field to make noise for their players to get them ready for the game. And then they were starting to do hand signals. I said to Jeannie, just what we talked about, they were doing hand signals in silent, so they were ready for the game. And they were ready for the game. They did well. These are things in life you practice, you practice, practice, practice all the time. Pro athletes practice all the time. David isn't doing something new here. He did this in the field watching the sheep. All right, so he's out there blessing the Lord, praising the Lord, watching the sheep, just, just, just being a steward of God's presence then. Then, of course, later, remember, he played before Saul with such a tremendous anointing, demons would fly away from Saul. 
Tremendous anointing. So he's only doing here now what he's practiced in his life. And so then he gets all the people, of course, the whole story, gets all these people to follow, worship him, and these people who all had difficulties in their life became leaders themselves in Israel. Daniel chapter 3 then. So Daniel chapter 3 deals where the, where the leaders became jealous of Daniel because of his position with the king. And, they, and he, was, he was right underneath the king in authority. And so they were so jealous that they thought, you know, his life had so much integrity that there's no way we can get to this guy other than through his faith in God. He, they knew he worshipped God, lived for God. So they got the king to pass another law. A law that would say you would only worship the image that the king set up. So the king, you know, not realizing this was a trap, he got, he signed the thing, yes, for 30 days, you can only worship my image, the image that I'm setting up. So, so uh, it came down here. Here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In this case, it's these guys. And they says, is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image which I have set up? So here they, they've set up this image, so forth, to worship. And he says, you know, now, now notice he, he gave them an opportunity to back away. Remember the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me, right? So is it true that you're not going to worship or serve my God? And, and, and said that, that you're not going to follow him. And of course, they, they, they acknowledged that, you know, they were bold in their faith. Let's look at verse 16 a second. So, so they, they answered the king. Now notice it says, we have no need to answer you in this matter. In other words, we don't have to pray about it. This isn't a prayer issue. It's like witnessing. Is witnessing a prayer issue? Like, should I pray? Should I be a witness? That's not a prayer issue. Yeah, you should be a witness. Jesus, Jesus told us to be lights, right? So that's not a prayer issue. It's an issue more like just being led by the Spirit. Who do I witness to? Right? But to witness is automatic. And to serve the Lord and have Jesus Christ in our life as a center of our life should be automatic. It isn't like, well, let me pray about this. Uh, it might be that maybe he doesn't want me. <laughs> maybe he wants me to bow down here. So he says, we don't even have to answer you. We don't have to pray about this. In this case, the God in whom we serve is, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. So they knew one way or another they were, they were going to be delivered. Either, of course, that, that God would deliver them or... They just go to heaven. So, so, but let it be known unto you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. So they were very bold, all right? They were very bold to stand for what they believed. This is, this is specific to Christianity. People are going to watch your actions and your reactions. How do we react to adversity? How do we act, react to criticism? How do we react, in this case, to, to uh, uh, something happening, you're threatened with death? In J Daniel chapter 6, of course, Daniel, Daniel came, and of course, the law was passed on prayer in this case. So the governors, administrators, the counselors consulted together, established a royal statute or a law, a firm decree, Whoever petitions any god or man 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast in the den of lions. So, so Daniel's response is verse 10. Daniel, there's a law passed against prayer. Daniel's response is to do what he's always done. 
David's response is to do what he's always done. If you don't set up these habits, what will happen is you will default to your human nature. Human nature is to retaliate. Human nature is to speak bad. Human nature is, I judge you. I judge, you know, you got Christians doing all this stuff. We had a person years ago who was arrested for uh, drunk driving. We were called by the sheriff's office to come to the police station late, late at night, weekend night, Saturday night. So late at night, Jeannie and I go over there. And, and uh, so here's a lady, and uh, they had um, arrested her. They wanted to release her because she had children. And uh, so this lady, you know, she comes out and she's speaking at the sheriff's deputy and says, you're going to go to hell. You know, Jesus will judge you. And Jeannie looked at her and said, would you shut your mouth? Would you shut your mouth? And Jeannie looked over at two deputies. She says, I'm sorry. I apologize. She says, that doesn't matter, Reverend. We see this all the time. Now, what a statement that is. We see this all the time, Reverend. That was a sad, sad statement. Because you have religious people. Now they're speaking things. Religious things. <laughs> oh, boy. Jeannie just shook her head. I'm sorry. Took her out, got her home. You know, how we respond is important. So you have people that have head knowledge. I love the Lord. We have people come here. I love the Lord and so forth. And then something happens. They're like that. Retaliation. The Lord says to me, people prophesying nowadays. We've got people prophesying in churches. Prophesying against the government. Prophesying against this person or that person. And you kind of shake your like, you're kidding. A sad response. So, so Daniel's response, Daniel didn't say a thing. Daniel didn't say, you know, I'm going to pray against those other leaders and so forth, those other people in the kingdom who he knew, who were powerful men, but under him. So I'm not going to pray against them, you know, and the king will deliver me. And didn't do that at all. He just goes into his room, opens the windows, and he kneels down to pray. Notice was, as his custom since his early days. Notice that, as his custom. He didn't change his behavior to fit the law. He just continued to worship the Lord, follow the Lord. Amen? Didn't, didn't say anything about these other guys. None of them. Didn't petition the king. Didn't say, I'm innocent. Didn't say anything like that. Didn't bemoan a situation. He just prayed and worshipped like before. He didn't allow political correctness to change his behavior. He stayed true to the call that he had for Jesus Christ. Now, even Jesus on the cross, you go to the book of Luke. Of course, we all know these verses, but the book of Luke. And he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Now, this is very profound, so you should think about this. Because we would, we would say when someone criticizes us, attacks us in some way, shape, or form, we would say they know what they're doing. Jesus is looking beyond the person to who the real adversary is. Now, the Bible says you have one adversary. Peter says your adversary, the devil. Ephesians talks about spiritual warfare, and the spiritual warfare says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But if you don't know the scripture, then Christians, in turn, are fighting people. They're attacking people. They're attacking in the natural this way. 
which actually ruins their witness. Because that's just like anybody else in the world. The world acts that way, right? So we got the world out here fighting each other and so forth. There's big slug matches. Nobody gets along. Everybody's fighting each other. And then Christians look like they're doing the same thing. So Jesus is saying, if people actually look at this, of course, people hear it every Easter, but people don't think about it. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So we recognize that, that these folks, these folks aren't my, my true enemy. The devil is. And indeed, Jesus, of course, dies, gives up the spirit. And the, and the Roman centurion says, truly, this was the son of God. <laughs> so you got a Roman there who is actually one of the ones overseeing the others killing him. But realize, wow, what a witness. What a witness at the cross under severe torment and severe adversity that his witness is a witness of love. Powerful. Amen. It's powerful. Acts chapter 4. So Peter, Peter and John, the lame man is healed. And, and it says, uh, of course, the lame man, I like the fact that the lame man, they're going in the temple, the guy's healed. You know that story. But interesting enough, the lame man hangs on to them. Okay, so they couldn't get away. And then everybody runs to see what's going on. And he's like, this guy's healed and so forth. And then Peter and John said, hey, it's in our, not our faith, but faith in his name that this miracle is being done in the name of Jesus. And so the leaders see this, of course. Now, many times, many times in this case, spiritual, spiritual and spiritual, religious, I mean, and then true Christians, there's envy because they don't like what's, what God is doing. But they come to Peter and John and says, that is spread no further among the people. Let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. Now, when we talk about that, here's the thing where persecution as far as Christians comes to, it comes from, to the name of Jesus. We are Jesus people. We are Jesus people. We have to understand that. Jesus is our Savior. Very simple, but there's power in that name. When they ministered, they ministered in the name of Jesus. When I'm praying in intensive care, I'm ministering in the name of Jesus. Speaking that name boldly. So what they wanted them to do is that they didn't want to speak in that. They wanted don't speak in that name. So they called them. They commanded them to speak, to not speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. So there's threats. There's threats against them. Amen. Now, so what is their response the response isn't like putting a finger up, you know, in their nose. But you go to the next verses, verses 19 and 20. The response then, it says, Peter and John said, well, you have to decide whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you or more to God. You have to judge this. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Amen. So that before we're in a predicament, we have to have something settled into our heart. Who do I belong to? Who am I witnessing for? Who is my Savior? Who has touched my life? So before anything happens, there has to be something settled in our heart that this is where we stand. Because now you, you might think, 
well, they were just threatened by the religious people. No, these were powerful people. These were people that put other people to death. So the threats were very significant. And yet they said, no, well, you decide whether we should obey you or God, but we're going to obey God. We're going to continue to speak the things that we've seen and heard. Christianity has to be something that's practiced. It should be something that is lived. Much of the world, we have a lot of people in the world who are disillusioned with Christianity because all they see is religion called Christianity. So they see religion, and that religion, quote, let's just say this Christian religion can be very judgmental and harsh. It just can be. It's judgmental towards people of other races, towards uh, other religions, and towards, towards sins, and all the things like that. And it's not the Christianity that you actually see in the Bible. It's not the life that you see from Jesus Christ. Jesus loved people. Jesus loved people. That's the heart of God. God is love. So he's not harsh, he's not mean, and he's not judgmental saying, just wait, I'm going to whack you good. You know, He's not like that. He's not like that. He's a good God. That's the Bible. That's the context. Let's say the context of the New Testament. All right? So, so they're saying we're going to testify. We must testify about Jesus Christ. Amen? All right? We cannot but speak things. We must speak about Jesus Christ. Go to verse uh, 29 and following there. So their prayer then, Lord, look, look on their threats and grant to your service, servants that with boldness we may speak your word. So their prayer isn't like, Lord, you just deal with those Pharisees and you judge those Pharisees and get those Pharisees. And... No, he said, Lord, all right, you see their threats, but now grant to us that we can speak with boldness. We can speak with boldness. In other words, we have to resist fear. Help us, Lord. It's kind of scary what's going on here, but grant us boldness that we can speak your word. And then notice what it says. Stretch out your hand to heal. Stretch out your hand to heal. Stretch out your hand that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Oh, I love that. I love that. So their prayer then is, is, is what? Their prayer is outreach. Their prayer is, Lord, stretch forth your hands and touch them and heal them and, and signs and wonders be done. That's their response to persecution. That's their response to threats. When they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. When they prayed, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They spoke the word of God with boldness. There's something about that. I think God answers that prayer because it's a godly prayer. We have to stop and think, where am I, who are my prayers directed toward? If I'm directing my prayers toward people like this, wrong prayer. Wrong prayer. Other than that, Lord, save them. You can do that. But if we're directing our prayers to, to deal, get people in this, wrong prayer. Many times, many times Christians are praying for God to do something but fail themselves to do anything. Let me say it again. People pray for God to do something. People pray for, for a harvest of souls or move of the Spirit, but they themselves fail to do anything. What did they do here? 
They said, we want to be an answer to this prayer. We Grant us that we can go heal the sick, do signs and wonders. And they were filled and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So we can pray for people that are lost, but then the better yet is in the witness to people who are lost. I would challenge you and anybody listening to me through Facebook here or through the YouTube and so forth. If you're praying for somebody, then you turn around and witness to that same person. Witness to the very person that you're praying for. Because the Holy Spirit can only use the fuel that you give him. That's why, like, we might pass out gospel tracts and something, so we're giving a verbal message of Jesus' love for people, but on the other hand, we're leaving them with something so the Holy Spirit can use that. Amen? The Holy Spirit can use that gospel track, and someone wakes up drunk this morning, whatever, uh, or can replay the word shared to them that Jesus loves them. The Holy Spirit can use that. But you can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray till the cows come home, and I'll guarantee you very little will happen. Until there's seeds planted. In the Bible, in the book of Acts, tremendous things happened. But there were martyrs. And there were people speaking to kings and major people. Speaking the word of Jesus. Planting seeds. So it's very important that I'm a planter. I love prayer, but prayer connects me to the one who empowers me to do the work. So we have much of the body of Christ today doing what? Sitting. They've got calluses on their hind end. Very little witnessing. And the thing is, many people know the scripture and they would say, we're evangelical Christians, which would imply that we're evangelistic. That's the implication to say we're evangelical. But folks, I would dare say very, very, very few are actually evangelical. How will people know unless they hear? How will they know? How will they know about Jesus? He's the only one that can change lives. The question comes back, do I actually believe it? Well, if I believe it, then I'm going to speak it. There is hope. There's an answer. His name is Jesus. (laughs) Christianity is different from any other world religion. Every other world religion is harsh. You work, you work, you work your way to get to some paradise. Christianity is about grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. Christianity is about a relationship with the living God. Everything else deals with other stuff. I've seen the harshness of world religions. And people say, well, they're all, they're all, they got to be right too. No, they're not right. Sorry. Different. You have a relationship with someone who's real. It's pretty powerful. It's pretty powerful. I mean... What, what the Holy Spirit is doing. So they were filled with boldness. So let's go to Acts 5 a second. Just got a little bit of time here. Acts 5. So the apostles again, they continue to minister. People get saved. Lots of stuff's happening in Jerusalem and so forth. And they're drug up again before the leaders. Did not we strictly command you not to teach in this name? Now, of course, this is the focal point. The focal point 
is Jesus Christ. The focal point is not God. The focal point is not church. The focal point is not religion. The focal point is using that name of Jesus. Because why? That's, that's what we do. There's power in that name. And it says, look, you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. And Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. This is powerful. Now, this is the context, of course, is what? You're sharing Jesus Christ. Amen? This is the context. This is, should be the context of everything we do in life. So they're threatened once again, and this is their response. Now, verse 40 says this. Verse 40, they, they, they called for the apostles, so they got some, some uh, other input. And notice they beat them. They beat the apostles. So now they go to step farther. So now they're physically beating them. All right, they're physically beating them and commanded again, they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Now, the devil always wants to do what? He wants to intimidate us. Part of that intimidation could be fear, but if fear doesn't work, well, then we'll, let's try pain. Let's try pain. Let's inflict some pain on him. One of our Indian friends and so forth just indicated as far as a Hindu group coming and beat the people. And so they came in the church and they burned the Bibles and so forth and they separated the people, including women and children, and then they beat them. Not to death, just beat them. So you got bruised, you know, you got black eyes, you got bruised backs, you got all kinds of things like that. And they commanded again, don't speak in the name of Jesus, and they let him go. So they departed from the presence of the council. Now notice again, now here's their response. So they're leaving Some of them might have an arm around the other. Come on, let's go. They're leaving the council, maybe a little bloody, a little blood coming off their nose, bloody nose and so forth. Who knows? They depart from the presence of the council. Here's their response. Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Now, you should underline this. Suffer shame for his name. So they're leaving, and they're going, wow, thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You're alive. You're working today. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing when you look at that. Now, they can only do that if they've prepared their hearts for this, right? Of course, they've been with Jesus for the three years. They've already been prepared. Jesus said, you know, in the world you will have tribulation, but be a good cherub, overcome the world. So, so notice, let's read it again. So they, they, they're rejoicing. And, and uh, uh, departed from the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And then what's it say? Daily, in the temple, in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. What's the message? The message is Jesus Christ. The message, say the message, is Jesus Christ. From Christians, the message is Jesus Christ. It's not another message. Our message is never politics. Our message is never something else or whatever. No, we have one king that we're serving. His name is Jesus. Our message is Jesus Christ. You You could get everything you wanted in a worldly standpoint, but if people are still lost and going to hell, they're still going to hell. Right? So... 
the message, the message is Jesus Christ. So they're beat up, but they're still rejoicing, suffering shame for his name, and they daily, daily taught, preached Jesus Christ. Wow. That's their response. I look at that and I think, oh, Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus, <laughs> to walk in your footsteps. When I read things from what we put on the bull, church around the world, some of the things happening, people being killed for the name of Jesus and all that, it makes me want to say, I'm going to stand for you, Jesus. I'm going to stand for you, Jesus. You know, because, folks, if you don't... See, a lot of people, what do people want? They don't want to think about it because it bothers them. It makes them afraid. Right? There was a woman athlete, and I forget... Uh, I forget if it was, I think it was a football player out of, out of uh, Afghanistan. And so they made it known there was not going to be women's sports, chopped off her head and hung her up. Publicly. It's on YouTube. Not very nice, is it? See, Americans don't want to think about anything that would be contrary to kind of what they're doing. I don't, oh, look at that. But that's what they're doing to Christians. This is the world in which we live. Understand me, we're in a bubble. But this is going around the world. This is going where people, other people will hear this. They'll understand. All right? They'll understand. Your mama in, in, in Nigeria will understand this, you know? Pastors in a difficult place in Nigeria. They'd been here when she graduated. Went back to her church in Nigeria. This is the world we live in. But if you cannot be a light for Jesus in this climate, will you be a light for Jesus if someone is threatening you? Think about it. Years ago, we were downtown street witnessing. And we're out in front of a bar, and the bar owner didn't like it. We're on the sidewalks, the bar owner didn't like it. He got upset. He calls the police, Brookings Police. Brookings Police show up, their car. Get out of the car. Jeannie's out there. She's sharing and so forth with others. And the police officer says, hey, you, you guys you got, you got, can't be here. You've got to go down. you got to go down the street. You know, because they're on the sidewalk. Police officer says, you've got to go down the street. And Jeannie said, well, no, like down the street, nobody's down there. You know, go down where nobody's at. And she's and the genie said, "Well, no, we're just we're just passing out tracks for telling the love of Jesus." He said, "No, we've been called, and they don't want you here, so you got to leave." And Jeannie looked down the street and she said, "Well, we're not leaving. This is a public sidewalk." And the officer said, "Look, lady, I'm the authority in this town, so you get in that car." And she said, "I'm standing on a public sidewalk, and I'm not moving." And the police officer got really frustrated, red and so forth, and he got in his car, just sat there and watched him. And they kept out, passed out tracks. They were on a public sidewalk. They were sharing about Jesus. Of course, people didn't like it because they perceived it's hurting their business, their clientele. These people are talking about Jesus. Now I don't want to drink so much. And the police officer left. The society in which we live, you have to understand, we're in another world. 
the spirit realm of God, the word of God, it's all different than the natural world. We're supposed to act like Christians. Christians are to be like Jesus. So in America, I almost don't like the term because Christianity is equated with every other church in town that believe all kinds of demonic things. Don't believe the word of God. So they're religious and harsh, just like the Pharisees. And many of them wouldn't like us. Wouldn't like us. Like I had, there's a church in town. Everybody's welcome and all these things like that. And so one day I waved at the pastor. And she just did this, turned her head. Thought, well, I was friendly. I guess I'm not welcome. Everybody except Dave. He's not welcome. So you have to think about, as a Christian, you have standards. The standards we believe aren't weird or different. They're just the Word of God. Amen. They're the Word of God. Standards are universal, by the way. So, so what the world doesn't want is the world doesn't want any standards. Most of these other world religions, they do all kinds of stuff. It's all, it's all kind of, everybody, you know, doing different things, all fine. But when you say the name of Jesus, there's power. I'll tell you what, you say that, it splits the darkness. It splits the darkness when you speak the name of Jesus. You see demons flee. You see people get angry. You see all kinds of things happen. When you speak the name of Jesus, there is power. And this is the world in which we live. This is the world we're called to be ministers in. Amen? This is, this is why we prepare now. So Stephen, Stephen, so the persecution rose up in Jerusalem enough that they attacked the Christians and the church was scattered. Now that was actually good. Persecution wasn't bad because it scattered everybody. Everybody's kind of in there having their own hallelujah times. All of a sudden they're going out and the gospel went out to other regions. And one of those people that they caught was Stephen. And the Bible says this, you know, you know the story of Stephen because he, he began to share very eloquently about, about Old Testament and so forth, but he came right up to Jesus Christ and they wanted to kill him. And so they, they agreed with him, and when they called for the apostles, let's go to the next verse, it's Acts 7. So they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Picture, picture the setting. So you have a setting that's probably loud because they're yelling, they're angry. They set down their garments by another guy named Saul of Tarsus so that you could get a free move of your arm. They're throwing stones, and they're stoning him, and he's calling out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. That's his response to the persecu <clears throat> excuse me, persecution. Response is, God's going to deal with you. You're going to be judged someday. You'll go to hell for this. What any of that? Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneels down. He cries, and I want you to see this here. Cries with a loud voice. So it wasn't just like, oh, this really hurts and so forth. But, oh, yeah, Lord, forgive him. This, no, he cried with a loud voice. Everybody could hear them, including Saul, who was witness to this. And many were witness cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this charge. Do not charge them with this sin. Loud voice. His response was not to them, 
His response is for them. Can you see the difference? In every area of the Bible, when there is persecution, I want you to notice the response is vertical and not horizontal. My human response is to be angry. That's my human response, to get angry. Sometimes I read things and I get angry. Then I think, okay, that's not the right spirit. It's not what the Lord wants from me. He wants me to be prayerful. So in every response in the Bible, you should look at, look, everyone. You're going to see a response that's vertical. So they're being persecuted, and their response is like this. They're praising God, or they're or giving glory to God, or they're praying for the people that are persecuting them, or all the things like that. That is their response. How do I get there? We get there by just applying the word in our lives every day. We get there by when you pray, pray for people, blessings on people. We get there by living in a place of worship and praise. We exercise our will, we exercise our limbs to live this life for Jesus Christ. That's how we get there. What are we doing? We're not just practicing, but we're practicing. We're practicing the lifestyle of what it means to be a Christian. Amen? That's what we're practicing. And let me just tell you, Christians, true Christians, true Christians are not hurting people in the world. True Christians aren't going by evangelism and saying, you're going to become a Christian or we'll kill you. <laughs> no, Christians aren't doing that. Christians are sharing the love of Jesus and people are having an encounter with the living God and their lives are being changed. Every other religion, though, is hostile. People can say, oh, no, they're all loving. No, they're not loving. Sorry, they're not loving. But true Christians is loving. I have to say that true Christians because we have a lot of religion in our country that's just different. But the response to persecution is vertical. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in my life right now. So my prayer, my prayer is, Lord, keep changing me. Keep changing me that I be like you. My response when I read the Bible, read these things in the New Testament and stuff, my response is, oh, Lord, may it be so in my heart. May my actions be good. May my actions bring glory to your name. If someone says something, or may my actions be the right actions. Amen? So that, so that Jesus Christ is glorified through our life. Now, Father, I pray that for everybody that's here in person and everybody who's listening online, that they can respond to you, Jesus. Help us to grow in faith. Help us to grow in the spirit. Help us to recognize that other people are not our enemy. Help us, Lord, to respond in right ways if someone criticizes us. Help us, Lord, to be a bolder witness for you, Lord. Help us, Lord, just to be a witness. To be a witness, to pass out gospel tracts or whatever, Lord. Help us to be a witness and a light for you. Lord, first in our homes, then where we work, people that we know, Lord, help us to be a witness. Help us to shine for you, Father, for your glory and honor. And I thank you, Lord, for spreading this around the world. Lord, I thank you for the church that's bright and shining, a glorious church you're coming back for in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. And you can share this with somebody right now. This message, hit share, share it with somebody else. Responses to persecution. And God will bless you. God is blessing all of us. Amen. Amen. Let's give him praise. Amen. Hallelujah. So, bless you. If you haven't read Church Around the World, some of those are still some flyers back there. Pick them up and read them. Uh, Become acquainted. Follow what's happening on some of the world event things and all that. You can, the best you can. BBC News, different things. Uh, What's the the one? Is it persecution.org? Is that there's a website persecution.org? You can have stuff every week. What's happening around the world? And keep yourself informed. Prepare, amen. So your heart's prepared in a good way. Hallelujah. All right, let's bless one another. And uh, tonight, tonight, Pastor Rand and Sharon, come on out. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.